Hello, all Beard Inside listeners. Here's our occasional second weekly episode of one of our previous YouTube interviews in audio-only format. This is episode 103 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on November 12th, 2021. You could subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. I'm your not-so-humble host, Carp, and today we're in Rockland, Ontario, and joining us is co-owner and head brewer of Brower Kaufman, Eric. Pleasure. Thank you very much for hosting us today, taking time out of your schedule. We know you had a very busy day uh, as of recording, as you had a car show, so mm. let's uh, enjoy some of your tasty beers, and we'll talk about your business, and we'll go from there. For sure. Awesome. What's number one you brought me out here today? Uh, we're going to try our Hellas first, so... Mm-hmm. Hellas just means pale in German, so it's our blonde lager, 4.9%, very easy drinking beer. One of our, uh, it's not our flagship beer, that would be the Pilsner, but the Hellas is a close second to that beer. Awesome. As you do on the show, a toast, or prost, since it's a German brewery. For sure, for sure. Nice little uh, toasted uh, malty feel to it, cereal, very light, easy drinking beer. Yeah, this I could sit on a patio and put these away all day. For sure. Mm. Available in Steins at the brewery, one of the most popular formats here, of course, being a German themed brewery. (laughs) German inspired uh, brewery, for sure, you want a sign or two of this. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, uh, what's your beer story? What brought you to Browork? What created the whole brand? And as much of the story as you want to give us. Sure. So, uh, first of all, the name, Brower Kaufman. A lot of people ask us why the name, what does it mean? Brow stands for beer. Anything, if you've been to Germany, you would have seen Browerk, or, or not, maybe not Browerk, but Brow House would mm-hmm. be like a beer house. Um, so, and work means plant or actual work. And for us, um, my business partner, one of them, his family name is Hoffman. So he's pretty much German, as German as, as, as it gets. <laughs> And uh, he used to have actually a cement plant, and he sold uh, the cement plant. In my family business, we also uh, had a construction side business. And uh, I got him into beer, and we developed the brand, and now we have a beer plant. Cool. So that's kind of the history behind that a bit. Why German beers? Um, One, he had a German background. Me, when I finished school in Niagara quite a few years ago now, they go by pretty quick. Um, we finished off with like a, about a month's worth of brewing in Germany and stuff at Weinstephan, just uh, north of Munich in Freising. And uh, even before going, I had a pretty soft spot for uh, German beers, German culture in general. Um, I am not German. That's probably the question I get the most. <laughs> I barely speak German. I used to be able to order beers and stuff in, in taverns, but as of now, uh, I, I just I know b- German beer. But uh, other than that, pretty uh, limited my knowledge on it. Well, I mean, you're talking. You know, for most people's knowledge, it's Germany, Germany's beer. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. It's Germany equals beer for the most part. So, yes. yeah, the it's the Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot, the yeah. uh, beer purity law. Yeah. it's pretty good. So. Which most of our beers follow, adhere to, I should say. Um, of course, if if you keen eye, you've probably noticed a few Radlers and uh, sour beers. Mm-hmm. So they do not because yeah. there's an added ingredient in those, of yeah. course. I mean, even from what I understand, it's changing in Germany now, too, where they're being a little more experimental because you have to. You have to adapt to what the people want. For sure. Uh, There's 
some, it's more uh, rare to see like 100% pure Ryan Heskovo beers. Yeah. Um, there's the big beer brands that do adhere to it, but for the most part, it's kind of a niche market now to say, I still adhere to the Ryan Heskovo. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, the whole German style, like, it's one of my favorites too. It's, I was in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I saw Hofbrau House. I'm like, okay, and uh, perfect Mars in time. It's like, oh my God, like, just everything kind of fell in, and Cleveland is a steel town. Like, it's a lot of German heritage there, so it's like, mm -hmm. oh. And then when I discovered you guys to a friend, I'm like, I totally have to go. And uh, it's great that you have a location in Ontario and Quebec too, which mm -hmm. that must have been a little more complicated having on both sides of the border in a sense. So. Yeah, so the big story behind that, I'm not native of Rockland. I'm from about two hours west of here in a small little town, uh, Lillos Allumettes, or Chapeau as it's mostly known. Uh, Pembroke might ring a bell to some of your listeners. I'm on the uh, Quebec side from there. And actually that first brewery, so we're two separate companies, but we share the same brand. Um, mm -hmm. We developed the brand together, put it that way, and the whole vision stays the same. Um, but I always wanted to establish a brewery on the Ontario side. Um, my girlfriend's from the area and stuff like that, and uh, obviously she pulled me over here and put it that way. And but uh, Rockland's a beautiful place that I, I'm growing to love. Put it that way. Well, you're also hop skipping a jump right to Quebec. You have the river, and then it's Quebec. Basically behind this wall that you guys can't see, but behind that wall, the river's basically there. Yeah, so that's great, uh, and it's nice to see more. A couple of more guys are trying to get across Canada too. I'm sure if the opportunity arose. And hey, there's a place for us in Alberta, there's a place for us in BC. It's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of making that brand across Canada known would be awesome, I'm sure. Yeah, there's always pros and cons to that. I don't necessarily want to get into like a franchise kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, to see your beer go across Canada is always pretty cool and neat. Yeah. Uh, the Canadian Brewing Rewards just came up. Did you guys enter anything? Or? I have not, to be okay. honest. Uh, so we're fairly new here in Rockland. We established and we signed to this building in February 2020. We submitted building plans the week before COVID. I don't want to get into a whole COVID de debate here, but essentially we signed, sent our building documents to the town. Uh, long story short, we got locked down. Uh, finally got to building in summer of 2020 and we rushed uh, construction and we're actually able to open in November 2020. So our official opening day is November 2020. So in a, few weeks from now we'll be celebrating our one year anniversary here so that's that's awesome yeah uh it blows my mind that more of you have opened during the pandemic than mm -hmm. have closed it's yeah, really think... impressive like yourselves Saint-Quien Baron in Quebec mm -hmm. Third Moon in uh Milton Ontario we keep seeing more and more of you guys open and it's fantastic as people who love supporting local businesses more local businesses open mm -hmm that we can spend our money to, to some, I'd rather spend my money to you than some import from Germany that's not even real German beer. Hmm. I could just spend it here. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, for sure. Yeah, I, I, obviously it goes without even needing explanation about the whole focus on local. Mm -hmm. and, and if anything, the most positive thing I think we've seen out of COVID uh, is uh, people supporting more local businesses more than ever. So that's a, a very positive thing in my eyes. Well, I mean, even Mitch Brichot, the arena nearby, is picking up your beer now, too. So. Yeah, as of last week, we're in the uh, Canadian Hockey Academy. It's just basically a 200-foot walk uh, distance from here. So uh, the people kind of joke that they can stumble back <laughs> from the arena after hard playing hockey, not drinking, and make it to here and have some beer. I mean, besides, obviously, the pandemic kind of shutting you, shutting you guys down, was there any other difficulties 
creating this one or the Quebec one when you guys first started creating the, the Browwork brand? Um, you know, people always kind of ask me the question, you're so heavy focused on German stuff and, uh, you know, you kind of take a leap of faith going into a, a very focused niche part of the market. Whereas if you see most Canadian breweries that open up and stuff, either heavily focused on English style beers or uh, American style beers. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along those lines, some Belgian styles, uh, Quebec used to be known for so much Belgian stuff. I'm from Quebec and I didn't really find that to be true. Um, I just found you kind of look and you'll find the products you mm -hmm. want. That being said, uh, as soon as we opened up and launched a full lineup of German style, pretty uh, clean cut beers, um, the Germans kind of came out of the hiding, I would say, or whatever, and uh, huge support. Uh, everywhere where we go, there's always German people. I get a lot of people who walk into the beer hall here and just basically walk up to me and start speaking German to me, and I barely whip out a few words. I'm French first and foremost, and I can barely speak French, put it that way, so my English is like second, and German is like close third. Yeah. Uh, it's always been kind of a thing of mine is like, oh, I have to get to Oktoberfest. I have to learn German. I'm like, I can, I almost lost my French because I worked in an English company for 10 years in Quebec. And it's just like, how am I going to learn a third language at my age? So you never know. It's, uh, but it is, you know, I'm sure you guys as brow work would be like, let's go to Germany and bring our beers out and try and do the oh, same thing. Sure. So. My, one of my most proudest kind of accomplishments here is, uh, when I get some, some real Germans putting, coming in here and telling me, you know, oh, this Hellas is like, it reminds me so much back home and this and that, or, you know, oh, this is the best uh, uh, North, North German style Pilsner or Hefeweizen, this is amazing, you know, so to me, that's the best part for me out of everything, right? Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. Uh, I love hearing that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, you're, you're bringing in locals. Uh, I haven't seen you at LCBOs or anything like that yet, but no, I'm so sure that's That's in, in the, the in the works, so uh, that's... You know, like I said, we're celebrating our one-year mark. We've started the uh, the LCBO pathway. Um, it, it wasn't our main focus, honestly. I still want to. I, I like to say that, of course, beers are our focus, but we're. I'm trying to sell an experience here more than anything, and I think the best place to sell that experience is on on site here. Um, yeah. I mean, just coming in, you know, the big sign. It's like, oh, we have bretzels. Like that's. German to me, you know, I, yeah. I, gotta, I show up, there's, I need a pretzel. Yeah, <laughs> so. we uh, we're obviously opening up, I hate to bring up the COVID uh, yeah, plate again and everything, but anyways, like opening up the restaurant at the same time, um, we always wanted to keep that kind of a small aspect, but at the same time, focus on very good, clean eating German plates, so schnitzel, spatzel, um, bratwurst, yeah. you know, keep it very uh, niche in German. Uh, what's beer number two we're going to be drinking? Beer number here? two, pardon my French, so not so German. So okay. there is a few beers that come out of the style. So it's the West Coast style IPA. Uh, so I quickly mentioned a while ago schooling. So I was in Niagara at the Brewmaster and Operation Program, Niagara College. Beautiful mm -hmm. little spot to go, right in Niagara on the lake. Um, and in my graduate year, um, I was one of the basically the only French guys. I was the only guy from Quebec. I might be mistaken on that yeah. but I don't think so in my group anyways so I was the French guy and believe it or not we used to play uh, ping pong quite a bit in the uh, the school tavern and uh, I hate to toot my own horn but I was pretty good at ping pong uh, there's some some guys that would uh, meet my match and whatnot and uh, I was pretty uh, 
sleazy with some uh, some top spins and stuff like that. So, uh, the pardon my French. Uh, I'm sure everybody's kind of heard that expression before. Yeah. Uh, normally a bit different circumstances, yes. but I would use that quite a bit. And uh, that beer I actually brewed. Uh, the style is kind of or the recipe core recipe is for the most part stayed somewhat the same, but at the end of our Niagara brewing program, we have to brew a beer. Mm -hmm. And back then we would send it, uh, Taps Magazine would give out an award to it. And I was, in, I was within the uh, top three. And, uh, nice. Nobody really knows who was like top two or three, but for the most part, uh, people really enjoy the beer. So I did not place one with the beer, but I think it's pretty good uh, yeah. overall. And I awesome. placed Prost. Prost. Yeah, the nose is like just smelling while you're describing it. I'm like, oh yeah. So. Yeah, classic West Coast style mm. IPA. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I graduated, like I said, quite a few years ago. So West Coast IPAs were like the IPAs mm -hmm. of the moment where we've since gone to, you know, more, more haze juice forward. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a clawback in the market for uh, restrained bitterness mm -hmm. with good flavor and a little bit of a malt backbone. And I think that's what this beer delivers. Yeah, it's just all like maltiness. There's no like overpowering hoppiness to this beer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very well-balanced IPA. It's like bringing me back to like the IPAs that I was drinking before the, the haze craze started. Now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I enjoy a hazy mm -hmm. beer. Like, you know, I have my three favorite hops. If it comes in as an IPA form, then yeah, I'm, I'm drinking that like to juice. But For sure. this is like, this is a beer beer, you know. Mm -hmm. See, this is something where I would try and uh, so that's the next question is this is something I would try in like a gateway beer for somebody who's like a BMC drinker. I would try and get them on something like this. Is this like one of those BMC transfer beers you find? Yeah, I kind of follow along those lines. So the German IPA, which we don't, we're not sampling here today, but uh, that's kind of our market breaker for people who are, you know, for the most part, German beers aren't huge hot forward beers. I mean, there is some styles and hop bisons and stuff like that, um, but they're not the most aggressive IPAs. Um, so that one there kind of gets them in there uh, using only German malts and German hops. So they get kind of that smooth honeydew melon kind of feel, some lighter fruity mm -hmm. notes, where I find that the, the uh, pardon my French, uh, when we first opened up, our lineup was very uh, blonde-like because of all the loggers and bases that we had there, apart from our Schwartz beer that was in our core brand. So we kind of went from like uh, very pale yellow to gold to black. Yeah. And there was like no in-between, but the pardon my French was, as you can kind of see that, uh, yeah copper kind of shiny color, um, orangey almost, where those people were thinking that maybe it was like a red ale or something, we're going towards that, and then they're surprised by the, uh, the, the bitterness in it, but they were enjoying the palate of it, so it was good for that, where, like you were saying, getting into it, and uh, it's still one of our best-selling IPAs, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, no, the name, I, mean, I crush that beer, like it's... Super tasty. You it, know, was, it was the first beer out of all of our lineup that we launched specifically for the Rockland area. So um, well known, this area is very uh, Franco-Ontario mm -hmm. area. So we ended up opening in November 2020, but our goal was September to hit September 25th, which yeah. is coming up the time of this recording next week uh, <laughs> is uh, the 25th. Yes. So that's our, the big Franco day. And we have a little events planned around the brewery here, so that's the whole idea. That beer was to just say thanks to all the, the, the Franco people in this area that fight for the rights for mm -hmm. us. 
Yeah, the uh, the, whole, the Franco Ontario is, you know, when I first started making my Ottawa beer trips, I'm like, oh, there's Castleman, oh, there's St. Isidore, there's this. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, where were these guys when I first started going to Ottawa? And you, there's starting to be more and more of you, obviously, at St. Brulee is one of the places to be for people because, you know, restaurant and all that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, Mario just expanding with Castle, the Castleman brand. And it's yeah. crazy that, you know, it, it's the Franco Canada brand in a sense mm-hmm. it's franco ontario so it's people who are like i love quebec but i'm gonna move to ontario because whatever reason and let's mm-hmm. establish our own little area and it's uh like i said you guys there's more of you guys opening which i love so yeah and for sure like you mentioned most of us have a focus on a french side at least yeah mm-hmm. you know there's took the brew in there too that uh, but like we're we're slowly becoming a little niche spot to yeah. kind of tour around, so yeah. it works out. There was a little event here over the summer, Brew and Chew, uh, that the uh, Prescott uh, Russell County's kind of put on, and it was kind of just a road tasting map for the area, so that was pretty neat for us. Speaking of that, somebody comes here, drinks, tries your beers, like friends in the area, you suggest Broken Stick, just yep. not too far from here. They have a nice golf course if you're into <laughs> golfing in the summer as well, and they got a nice yeah. little restaurant. Fortunately, I believe we interviewed them in March, so it wasn't really much golf time <laughs> no not much golf time uh, I'm, I'm sure they had a beautiful summer it was uh, good golfing temperatures and whatnot we're just like a 15 minute short ride from Orleans so mm-hmm. Stray Dog and all those guys Dominion City not too far uh, Orleans Brewing uh, we're all pretty friendly in the in the industry like most people already know yeah. um, those are the guys I would definitely recommend and it's a quick little pathway and I mean you're about half an hour from Parliament Hill Going that way, so I mean, it's, it makes a nice little drive. Even if you're coming out from Montreal, you know, it's like a what, an hour and a half, yeah. an hour and forty-five minutes at the most drive down. You're in Ottawa in, a, in a, another half an hour, so it's a great location for for that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I do preach that a lot. I'm, we're very lucky where we are. It's like because you could do like Quebec City, Montreal, Ottawa, and then after mm-hmm. Ottawa, continue to Toronto, and then once the land borders open again, you know, make your way back to the U.S. It's we're very spoiled for good craft beer for sure. in our part of North America. Yeah. There's no reason why you should be going dry on uh, your beer stocks in this no. area, for sure. Or, or even drinking the big boys. Like, for sure. Come to one of the, you guys and spend your money here and you're for supporting sure. local. You're, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather all the time spend money at one of, you, one of your places. So. For sure. We make, I think, as a, as a grand total, you know, we're, we're, we're investing in our local economy quite a bit. And I think we should all be proud of that, too. So. Yeah. No, I did, that was like one of the main components about when the pandemic happens, people are like support local. And I look at you, I'm, I look at people, I'm like, I've been supporting local last decade. Yeah. Because I just, I've been mm-hmm. craft beer, craft beer, craft beer. The only time I buy macro is when I'm playing sports and unfortunately playing sports and spending <laughs> money on <laughs> microbrewery is a little more expensive than mm-hmm, macro. Mm-hmm. So no, for sure. That's, that's really very rarely that they'll get my money. So. I get that kind of question all the time. You, you don't drink this, whatever, explicit word, yeah. water, this and that. Yeah. And uh, I'm also like a, a cattle farmer. So for me, <laughs> I, uh, I do get the odd Bud Light or this yeah. and that get thrown at me. I never turn down a beer. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'd like to say I'm proud of those beers too in that sense. I, I think they put out, the product that they put out is in that yeah. own category and that's fine. Um, and then I think what I tell people is people who normally come on site or consume our type of products, it's more of a quality over quantity kind yeah. of thing. You can sit down with friends, you know, you don't drink a two, four, but instead, you know, you, you pick a six pack and you split six cans between yeah. four friends. 
it's just that whole social aspect of it and supporting local like you said again it's just being proud of something local is, is awesome a, f a friend of ours likes to use this kind of phrase it's a uh, beer is a social lubricant oh for sure so it's a, it's a good way to, to put put it that way <laughs> in many ways yeah <laughs> Uh, so you've already mentioned where the brewery name comes from, but the names of the beers and the labels, uh, who, who came up with, obviously you stuck with some very, you know, German IPA, Marzen, but then there's a Pardon My French and uh, there's a Berliner Sour. What, what, who came up with the names, who came up with the labeling? And, and it's such? pretty much just all of us in-house. So uh, every beer you're seeing in front of you here has been pretty much developed by me. Um, but I, I try to ask and talk around with, uh, you know, uh, my, my business partner too and see what you know what we want to launch yet uh, but for the most part uh, when you look at the names most of them don't have a catchy name uh, true to German style I think uh, you know we're not too flashy um, I just focus on more uh, quality consistent products um, lots of lagers on our menu of course but that's kind of the nature of the beast for German beers um, obviously a couple of ales here and there the whole uh, deco and uh, artwork of the labels for the most part, um, we had a, an initial artworking studio that was German-focused that worked with us. Um, our latest products coming out of Rockland, I, I want to support local too. So mm -hmm. uh, there's a local guy, Louis Size. I basically, this guy's awesome. I, I kind of, I give him a rough sketch, and I mean a rough sketch because <laughs> I am not an artist in those sense. People call me an artist for beer making. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll nod to that. And uh, I think it's more of a science to me and a labor of love. But uh, at the same time, I kind of send him a rough sketch, I give him an idea, he gets back to me, we work it, and uh, they turn out pretty good every time. I'm pretty proud of our labels. Yes. Mm. Uh, what made you decide on, on the, basically, the German Eagle as, as one of your kind of label? It'd be the equivalent of, you know, the, uh, the American bald eagle okay. for Germany and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a symbol of, that's been used countless times over there and stuff. Um, initially, when we went back and forth on it a bit, we had, you know, some... Uh, some malt, some hops wrapping around yeah. it. Um, but again, keep it, keep it simple and plain and people recognize it now. And you know, for us, it's, keep it that way. I think it's been good for us. Well, since it's the season, if uh, the German Eagle had to take on a Canadian goose, who do you think would take that one? <laughs> I'd love to say the goose. I think the goose would put up a great fight. It's just not meant to be in that fight, unfortunately. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's number three we're trying here? We have our Marsen here, so the original Oktoberfest beer. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as uh, kind of a red lager, amber lager style, um, more of the new world Marsens be are becoming more and more pale, more and more yellow, more golden. Yep. Um, but traditionally it was a fairly malty beer, so lots of like a hazelnut, caramel, biscuity feel to it. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, you know, Marsen, the, the name basically means the month of March. So a long time ago, basically the story goes, a guy decided, uh, you know, no more beers being brewed in the summer because the, that's the highest risk of infections. They yeah. weren't sure why, but hotter temperatures, more bacteria in the air, everything like that. So the beer was brewed in the month of March, stored and lagered in cavern, uh, caverns and whatnot yep. over the course of the summer. With the fall, the arrival of the fall and the Oktoberfest, they would serve this beer by the truckloads and people yeah. would enjoy it. Prost. Prost. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a Marsen. Yeah, mm. we've been waiting to come out with it. Um, 
So what happened? I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit. So come March, um, we were open. We had just reopened uh, end of February, if you recall, back in 2021. And people were asking me, you know, can you make a, a malty beer, but not as malty as your Schwartz beer? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, coming up in March with St. Patty's Day, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, kind of the cliche is to make a dry stout or something along those yeah. lines. And uh, red ales have always kind of been a, a soft spot other than the German beers for me. So I wanted to really launch one then. And uh, when we did, and honestly popular among the French drinking community is Larousse. So that was... You know, people really wanted that style of beer. And when I came out with it, like I said, shot myself in the foot because it was super popular and I ended up brewing it twice where I just wanted to make a one-time, like, quick batch out for that season. And But people just drank it so fast yeah. and I had another batch whipped up anyways and then it went it went by good. But then come, you know, the beginning of May and whatnot, I had no more left. And then people were like, you got to make more. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I want to keep the, the seasonal beers coming and whatnot. So come every week, people would kind of bug me. Where's that red ale? Where's that red yeah. ale? And I said, I'll have something that'll be more malty in, for what you're looking for. And we launched it actually last week, obviously with everything Oktoberfest and beginning of fall. The weather kind of dropped a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're seeing a resurgence over this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, perfect fall beer coming along. Yeah, so. that's that's a beautiful Mars. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the exact, like... That's the Marzen I'm looking for when I'm when I'm going to an Oktoberfest type festival or what we used to have at the Atwater Market. Obviously, pre-pandemic is there would be a uh, beer tasting for a cause, and it would be like, oh yeah, it's it's a dollar for like an, a dollar per ounce or whatever, and like fifty cents goes to the children's hospital. I'm like, oh, I'm drinking for a cause. This is terrible. <laughs> so uh, that is one thing like the pandemic kicking as a, you know, as it beer being a social thing is. Not being able to do social activities is so frustrating, but mm -hmm. uh, the Mondial is returning in Quebec. Um, no, I've seen beer festivals returning in Ontario as well. You know, obviously pandemic safe with restrictions. It, if we keep it going, I think we have a chance to kind of get past this. So Get past this, get a few small safe activities yeah. together, like you're mentioning. Um, you know, we kind of threw it out there a little bit there, but we are planning a little bit of a Franco week uh, next mm -hmm. week, but then next month. I think people are going to be uh, bombarded a bit in the next like two or three weeks with Oktoberfest yeah. events. Um, our sister company on the Quebec side is actually doing their own Oktoberfest, so we didn't want to go ahead and head and compete with their own <laughs> their own brand and whatnot. So I'm letting them go. They have a beautiful beer garden there on the Quebec side. So if you have the chance to go visit, definitely do. Um, and then I think mid October we'll do something a bit smaller in house here. Um, again, following everything we can to be safe. Of course. And. Uh, you know, just trying to get people socially together. I'd love to do the whole Oktoberfest thing with tables where everybody's just bonded and together, but... Somebody carrying all the steins out. Yeah, well, like you said, hopefully we get all through this, uh, everybody be safe, get it, get, mm -hmm. get everything done that we need to do and uh, get back to normal times. So you mentioned you went to the Niagara School of Brewing. What was... Did you brew a beer before that, or is that where, like... What you're got like, oh, me I'm into, brewing, into brewing, kind of? Um, so... I quickly mentioned a while ago, beef cattle farming and stuff, mm -hmm. so you know, I've always been in the field basically doing stuff like that. Um, I actually went into healthcare and sciences, believe it or not, so I did a science background in healthcare and then I was moved back home to practice a bit. I was actually going, trying to get into medical school, so I was waitlisted in medical school. And at the time when I moved back home to help around the family farm and then the family business, 
Uh, my neighbor actually developed one of the biggest hop farms on the Quebec side there. And uh, they called me in one day, so our, our, our construction business is uh, uh, water well drilling and pump installations and stuff, and they had a water uh, break. So I went and helped them, and turns out I stayed for like the next two summers to help them with their hop harvest and stuff. Um, <laughs> So I was already starting to homebrew a bit at that point. It was kind of the new thing to do. And, uh, you know, I, being a science junkie, I love cooking and stuff like that. And brewing to me is, there's so much science to it and craftiness and whatnot. So it kind of fell hand in hand. So I started doing that and then uh, I was debating what to do next in my career. I was still, you know, I had been like two years kind of going doing medical interviews. I could go do some medical stuff, but I'd be investing, you know, the next 10 years of my life. And then I just being business oriented in our family, I just I knew that in the long run it would come back around to business. So I figured, hey, I'll apply to this newer program in Niagara and see what what uh, what happens. And uh, turns out I got accepted right away. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to Niagara. <laughs> so I went to Niagara and uh, had a blast there. We were the first group actually that was doing uh, it used to be a two year program. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they switched it to a 16-month uh, 16 16 cons yeah. consecutive program. So I was the first run in that group. Uh, shout out to all those guys and girls. And uh, anyways, had a blast down there. Brewed lots of beer, drank lots of beer. All those sensory classes bring back some memories and PTSD a bit. But it was awesome. And yeah, from there, it just turned out everything kind of fell in hand. Like the Germany aspect is not a yearly thing. Mm -hmm. But it just happened. Uh, you know, uh, deal of the cards that that year, the graduating class and whoever graduated before could go to Germany and we ended up going. It was a blast. So, It's funny hearing that because, like you said, you, you know, you were in medical. Uh, one of our previous interviews, uh, Cardinal Brewing, their brewer, Duncan, he was working on a PhD in, like, history. <laughs> uh, There's another gentleman we interviewed. He was working on a PhD in English literature. I'm like, how does, like, it's wild how these completely different backgrounds end up in in beer so it's it's pretty wild it was awesome to see uh, at niagara you know it, it's a college uh, a program um but i think it was like 90 percent of us had a, a university uh either like a master's or something already in hand and you know biochemistry this and that we all had these extensive careers um so it was cool to see just the uh Plethora of everything that we brought together in that yeah. program. It's it's pretty wild. I, I and it brings a uniqueness to every brewery. So that's that's the benefit. Like you know, your Marzen is slightly different than the Marzen I've had in Quebec at uh, let's say Saint Amboise or mm -hmm. whoever, and uh, or Benelux. You know, it's it. it you could taste the subtle differences. I don't. I'm not a super taster in any way. Mm -hmm. I know what I like. I, I'm more of a consumer palate, as I like to call it, which is like, you know. Oh, this Marsden's good. This Marsden's good. Oh, this Marsden's bad. That's about it. I can't tell you, like, well, the maltiness less. This, no. Yeah. <laughs> my tongue and my brain don't communicate that way. So. Uh, I think it, it's cool uh, to, to be basically like a beer cicerone or mm -hmm. somebody or whatever you want to call yourself and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's are you enjoying the product or not? And, I mean, if you want to sit down and critique beer, that's fun, too. I mean, yeah. I love doing it. At the same time, sometimes I just want to crack open a beer and yeah. just uh, enjoy the beer for what it was meant to be and just, I don't know, yeah, enjoy it. Awesome. What was that first, first, first beer you ever brewed? Good, bad, whatever. What was that first beer you ever brewed? Uh, if you recall. It was a 
double or in parallel IPA. And, and it turned out great, to be honest. It, like, uh, it was, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I remember running around with some pots and water and running from trying to cool it down and everything. And it was, uh, it was that first initial kind of plunge. You know, you, you've read about it, you've prepped for it, um, you've bought some equipment, you're like, oh, what am I doing? I figured I'd brew some beer, save some money, and I was like, I'm already invested into this, maybe a grand or so. Better turn out to make four bottles, but when you open those four bottles, uh, right away, the, probably the best feeling is sharing that beer with somebody afterwards. You don't want to share the first bottle with anybody, because yeah. you're like, I got to make sure it's actually drinkable and whatnot. <laughs> then you're pretty proud, and then you watch the person sip on it, and you're like, God, are they going to enjoy it? And they're like, they're pleasantly surprised, yeah. and you're like, what? You know, so that's that's probably the best act. That's awesome. That's brave and bold, like a triple the Imperial IPA to start. That's that's big and, and adventurous. Oh, for so. sure. I, I think, you know, uh, most Humbers go right into it with uh, either like a pale ale or something like that. Just, uh, I hate to kind of say it, but you can kind of mask a lot with mm -hmm. some, you know, some big dry hops and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, you can make a lot of things go wrong with oxidation and whatnot. And uh, I, I don't know why, but I probably uh, torture myself a bit, but I basically, I, I remember my second beer from there, I basically went uh, that, that double or imperial IPA to like straight to a Pilsner, which is like, you're a home brewer and you're doing vloggers right away, which more and more now, people have these, you know, wicked kegerator setups yeah. that are in uh, fermentation chambers in their basement, basically like a scene out of Breaking Bad and stuff. <laughs> But like back then, it was like you're really doing that, and I was like, yeah, sure am. And it, you know, turned out great. To be honest, uh, more power to people. If you have the chance, you know, try to homebrew some stuff, get creative. That's why you're doing it. That's pretty wild. Now I know you, uh, not even a year old yet. Uh, you'll be just past a year by the time this episode's released. But have you collabed, whether it be with uh, like a local coffee producer to make something, or a local, well, obviously your own restaurant at the same time, but. A local place to bring in your pretzels or even when it comes to brewing a beer like have you done any collabs yeah like uh i can't think of one right off the top of my head but we're always trying to focus and getting some local stuff um recently uh, i have a good friend of mine actually the uh, the owner of the hop yard there she she also works uh a contract with uh Lallman yeast and stuff i mean it's uh, it's a multi-global size uh yeast company but they're launching a new uh new Belgian style farmhouse uh, yeast over the summer. So we kind of came out with that uh, French Saison style. So, you know, that um, we've tried to use mostly local ingredients when we can. Uh, being so German focused, uh, at the same time, I want to focus on the German ingredients that I'm using in the beers. Mm -hmm. Try to, to make it kind of niche to create that German feel when people come in here. But I'm always, uh, I'm always for it. And I can't wait to work more locally with people on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the other brewery, you know, we brewed some, some beers with some local honey and stuff like that. So it's always niche and people love it and they come in, you know, they love that whole uh, side of thing. Uh, and you mentioned really quick, like our, our food in-house and stuff. So we, we hired a local chef and it's kind of a clean slate for him, go crazy. Here's the guidelines, try to make these, uh, these German food and uh, he's been awesome. We've been ordering all this local produce and stuff and making it from scratch in-house. We love it. And, you hear it from our, our customers and our clients, right? The people come in and they're just happy to have something uh, in Rockland, mm -hmm. local and stuff. So it's, it's awesome. And as you mentioned pre-show, uh, when people do order uh, food that they 
actually kind of give a suggestion of what beers they could associate that meal with? Yeah, so like our servers in-house do a great job, you know, uh, hats off to them. They're like new to the industry and stuff and with very little training, um, with no big background in beer and stuff, but you kind of give them some guidelines and they're great. People come in here and they're not sure. I mean, some of these German uh, names can be pretty intimidating if you don't know. <laughs> Schwarzbier, you know, what, what, what is that? You know, what do we do with that? Uh, uh, Hefeweizen, you know, people don't even want to pronounce the styles of beer sometimes. They get a little worried, so. And, I just want a white beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have something that has weed in it? Yeah, that one there, you know, so. Uh, our servers are great and making people feel comfortable pairing. Uh, uh, we have a new fall menu rolling out shortly, and, like, we're putting a big emphasis on you know, pairing the beers with it. Um, a lot of our, you know, we had this French onion soup that was made with our partner French, uh, pardon my French, and uh, it's been, you know, a huge hit. And like, we made cheese sauces with other ever beers. People love it. They, I mean, anytime you can create beer and then use it again yeah. and layer it in levels and flavor, people love it. It's awesome. Uh, any kind of, uh, if you could brew a beer with another kind of either local or, or provincial or, or Canadian or North American, any like two or three maybe dream collab you'd love to do where I know you're sticking with your very German style, but you know, maybe a couple of breweries that you'd love to collab on a beer with. I mean, if you mean like total dream, to be yeah. honest, I'd rather stick a little bit local with uh, some, some of my buddies. I have a lot of buddies in the area. I worked for a lot of breweries here on the Ontario side and even on the Quebec side. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like you mentioned Five Bear and the Wago. I was pretty close with those guys, uh, Dimitri and all that gang. They're, they're awesome guys. And I actually went over there and I brewed with them on their first brew and stuff like that. I think they're doing real cool stuff. Um, they have a little Oktoberfest starting out. Uh, I'd love to do some work with some of those guys. There's just some friends reconnecting, you know. Although we've reopened partially, we, we just haven't seen everybody that, you know, everybody hasn't been around everybody recently. And uh, we're like, bucket list, dream list, here's my, uh, my brewing boots, hang them up on a wall. Yeah. Find Stefan again and like put my name on something like that. I mean, I'm not a huge like goal-setting guy for that kind of stuff, but you know, I really loved, I really loved my time there and just the history behind the oldest brewery in the mm -hmm. world and whatnot. That's cool. Uh, what's this last beer we're trying? So we have the Schwarzbier. Mm -hmm. Schwarzbier means black beer. Um, we do get a lot. People come in and they say, "I drink Guinness or I drink Stout." Mm -hmm. What do you have? That Stout Guinness Porter? And I go, "Well, the Germans don't really have the Stout no. Porter." You know, we're again, lager focus. So it's a black lager. Uh, difference being than, uh, than the other two categories, the stout and pours that I've been mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, the stout should have a little bit of a burnt roasted barley kind of yeah. flavor to it. Where the Schwartz beer should just be a, like more towards the coffee, chocolate without that burnt character. Mm -hmm. always, always more on that flavor side. And even some Germans would say the, the more traditional Schwartz beer you should be able to drink it in an opaque glass yeah. where if you drank it, it would have like the body of a pilsner, but you're like, something's a little different there. And you're not sure if like, is that my morning coffee creeping up on me <laughs> or whatnot? But anyways, that's, that's our Schwartz. Awesome. A prost. Oh yeah. That's Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I, I know, like, they're very on style, but they're, like, super clean and very well done on style. Well, thank you. Yeah, so 
if I was really trying to win basically, let's say the world awards for Schwartz beer, I think this beer would be a little bit more restraint on flavor, but at the same time for me locally here, to meet that demand that people yeah. are used to like an imperial stout or stout and porter, I have to make it a little bit more roasty, uh, or, or not roasty, I mean to be more uh, like more flavorful along with the uh, the coffee, mm -hmm. chocolate, dark chocolate kind of feel to it. It's a huge seller for us. Uh, and to be honest, you know, a lot of education, like most craft brewers, when they start up in a town that doesn't have a local craft beer stuff, and a lot of people are, are willing to come out and try. But to be honest, it's always intimidating to see it. Yeah. You see this and they think, that's a heavy, strong beer right away. It's 5% alcohol. It's yeah. not that much stronger than most of our menu. Um, and people try it in a flight. And like I said, they're, they're intimidated by names and they order Schwartz beer and then they see it come out and they go, oh no, I ordered a black beer. Yeah. And then they try it and they're like, can I have a pint <laughs> you know, of the Schwartz beer? They love it. Uh, we had a Valentine's Day package in, in the month of February and uh, paired it with uh, some, a local bakery that was making some chocolate cakes for us and stuff. People loved it and yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a fan favorite in here as well. No, like I said, your beers are, are all consistent they're really tasty i can you know like you said it's it's all local stuff it's all local hops local uh, malts and it's just it, you taste it in the beer and i can also like it's your passion of the beer too you mm -hmm. can you can get it in, in the taste so for sure i it's kind of i'd rather not be in this industry if i wasn't focused on those things you know at the yeah. end of the day uh, i want to keep the lights on pay the bills and everything but at the same time if that meant uh, you know, just throwing all away my values in the industry and stuff, I wouldn't be doing it. That's super important too. So it's it's good to good to hear that. And obviously, like I said, I can taste that too. So, mm -hmm. uh, so one question I like to ask is, uh, when things are settled, you actually have time to take a vacation, and uh, it's you're able to go on a plane for as many hours as you want without a mask mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like a beercation you've never been on that you'd love to go on. Unfortunately, when I went to Germany, uh, a lot of my friends continued the tour and went through, uh, they basically did all the European side of mm -hmm. stuff. I've been to Ireland, um, I'd love to go back and stuff, but at the same time, I'd love to do just those, those other, you know, the Czech Republic, all those guys, I'd love to hit all those, get it off my bucket list. And uh, even some South America stuff. I think they, they do some neat stuff in beer, um, you know, using a lot of local fruits and stuff that we don't really necessarily have access to. Or if here, you know, we're, we're kind of overdone on a lot of things, you know. Here's some guava IBA or sour and this and mm -hmm. that. But down there, you know, fresh. I mean, it's, it's fresh, you know, yeah. put it that way. So it'd be different. Um, so mostly that's still that classic European... Uh, trip is what I'd, I'd be I've on. never personally thought about South America as like a big beer scene. I know mm -hmm. there's a division of the Mondial in Brazil, so obviously they, they have it there. They have Brazilian beers all the time, but I've never really like considered mm -hmm. that for myself as a beercation. I've always heard like South Africa has a great scene, not yeah. right now, unfortunately, because of the mm -hmm. pandemic, they shut down all alcohol and, and tobacco sales and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's so many good places for beer. But for like sure. I said, I could just travel Maine, Vermont, Ontario, Quebec, uh, there's a burgeoning scene in Manitoba. It's like, oh, but I, I don't have enough time or money. So. Yeah, I've done like the whole California coast. I mean, I'd do it again in a heartbeat to just all those craft beers in there. Uh, 
I've done some of the East Coast. I'd love to do more Southern East Coast. Uh, you know, I think they're they're doing great stuff in beer. You know, and even like Florida and stuff, where it used to be kind of just the party party capital and whatnot, the dance clubs and whatnot. But they they do great stuff for beer. I mean, obviously, booming market in the state. It's always been. You know, it will continue to be a huge craft beer place. Yeah. Um, I think it's like seven thousand craft breweries in the U.S. right now. Or oh, something for like that, sure. So. Well, actually, at the time of this recording, it's <laughs> the uh, the craft beer conference there. Though, so that's I had the uh, opportunity to go the year before COVID, and well, when COVID hit, I was actually heading there in April to San Antonio, Texas. Didn't get a chance to go out there. Uh, once everything settles and the dust is. Uh, settled I'll, uh, I'll definitely be going down that way too for beer yeah, i mean hope beer uh, my trips are planned around normally something but to be honest there's always beer lingering around there and uh, we fit it in the, the itinerary yeah no i'm the same way unless there's like an event like oh we're gonna go watch nba nfl nhl weekend it's like well where are all the craft breweries in between so. yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, for sure it's uh as somebody who you know it's technically supporting local it's if i go to a brewery in buffalo i'm helping buffalo oil so oh, for sure. the way i see it so it's great uh yeah. so kind of what's next for the browwork brand do you, do you find Browork brand um i think we're to be honest the biggest thing is obviously on the horizon is people are asking for our products to be distributed more mm -hmm. so uh, some LCB, lcbo stuff um uh we didn't put on a huge focus on getting into restaurants and stuff. Uh, I know a lot of my friends in the industry were hurting and everything, like I'm, most most businesses put it that way, but I think the uh, hospitality industry has, has kind of taken the biggest hit out of all this. Um, so I didn't want to put anything on pressure on them uh, and helping, but it's people have been requesting our beers, so to get our beers out that way for sure. Um, and then uh, I'm hoping dust settles everything by next year we have big events planned for the area we really want to bring more beer culture here to rockland and stuff so with oktoberfest is uh when i was in germany we had spruling fest right the spring basically the the oktoberfest of the spring uh fruling fest so all that kind of stuff um just just working with the locals and stuff and i, I think that's what's the most important out of all this it's just yeah. I look forward to next year. You guys having a big giant tent and an umba band and steins going out on mass. So for I'm sure, hoping, for you know, sure, um, yeah. knock on wood. Hopefully next year those big tents and everything. But we, uh, mm -hmm. as where I live in in Montreal, we lost one of our big Oktoberfests at the uh, McCausland Brewery because they built mm -hmm. condos and people complained. There's condos really far that way, so I don't <laughs> think they'll complain if you guys have a big giant tent and you're trying to bring in the folks to, to drink no, and, sure. hey, you live right there, walk over, drink some beer, and then go home. So. No, for sure. The town <laughs> has been great with us. I think everybody, the locals, everybody wants to support us for stuff like that. Like you said, we had a car show here today. There must have been, uh, you know, it wasn't just our, we're in an industrial complex here, but, you know, there was about 1,500 people, everybody being safe, keeping distances, mm -hmm. looking at cars, coming in, grabbing beer, going and stuff. So it's that's been great the support we have a nice spot with the double arena next door the the soccer field so the idea the, the dream and the vision is that big beer tent there on the side uh you know food vendors all local yeah. stuff that'd be great hey, you're you're gonna have to try and compete with kitchener as the next biggest Oktoberfest <laughs> in ontario they got so. a lot of germans there for sure <laughs> so that'd be uh, either compete or to me it's bring them in for a weekend there okay. you go that's even better. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, this has been a fantastic talk. Great beer. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate you once again taking time in your schedule. I have no other questions. Let the audience know where they can find you. We're in Rockland, in beautiful Rockland, I should say. So 733 
Unit 5 Rue Industrial is where we are. Or you can just Google us, browerkaufman.ca. That's the easiest way to find us. We have some order for curbside pickup here available. If you want to visit the other beautiful uh, brewery on the Quebec side, they're on Camels Bay, Quebec. So about a two and a half hour drive from Montreal or about an hour and 40 minute drive from Ottawa. And we're just 30 minutes out of Ottawa or about an hour and 45 minutes from Montreal. Awesome. So all that's going to be in the show notes along with the social media. So find them on Facebook, Instagram, and all the other good stuff. Uh, as for us, we're allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as you say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>